episode eight, I made reference earlier to the fact that we can say more or less anything within the boundaries of a language. In particular, we can frame questions or make assertions or invent worlds that appear to be perfectly rational, perfectly plausible, things that invite us to engage with them. But despite that appearance, they turn out to be incoherent. They turn out to be misleading. They turn out to be a trap. But the trouble is that because we can use language to say pretty much anything, we walk into the trap because we find it very difficult to tell the difference between really interesting and therefore worthwhile lines of inquiry and blind alleys. What we should learn from this, although it isn't terribly helpful at first sight, is that just because we pose a question in a particular way doesn't mean that we've posed it in the right way or perhaps in the best way or in the optimal way. The topic that I addressed a few voice notes ago about determinism seems to me to be an excellent example. For most of the history of the last, well, let's say since Laplace, but it goes back further than that, for the last 200 years or so, maybe three, getting on for three, we've posed ourselves a question about the freedom of the will over against the determinism of the world. So we've tended to say either things are determined and we're not free or we're free and they're not determined. What I want to suggest is that we should just press pause and say, well, where does that opposition come from? It comes, I think, primarily from logic. And logic is a very poor master, but a very useful servant. If we find ourselves enslaved by logic, we can be taken all sorts of places, to all sorts of places, that maybe we'd be better off not going. And I think that some of the oppositional questions that we ask are good examples of that. At what you might call a cosmic metaphysical level, even the opposition between good and bad, right and wrong, which of course gets symbolized with black and white, may not be very helpful. In fact, let me be bold. Let's say it isn't very helpful.
discuss. The determinism and freedom thing may invite us to make a choice, in other words, to go for one side or the other, of an oppositional pair wrongly conceived in the first place. I mentioned in the earlier voice note about determinism that I thought that it was a question that we had invented or that determinism was something that human beings had invented and it was an interesting question in itself as to why we might have done so. And part of the answer to that is that if we live in a determined world, in a deterministic world, we're not really responsible for, ever, for anything, and it relieves us of an enormous amount of the burden that's associated with making decisions and living our lives. Of course, there's a negative compensating downside which is that it makes all our striving and suffering and yearning and heartache pointless because it's going to happen anyway. Of course, you can hide behind, yeah, but the heartache's going to happen anyway. So it all just becomes somewhat depressing. But suppose that the opposition is mistaken. And I'd like to give at least an idea of why I think that it is. Let's suppose that we grab the notion that the world's deterministic. All right. I don't believe that. But as I say, I think it might be the wrong question to be asking anyway. So let's just leave it for now and accept it for the sake of argument. That means that at some time in the future, let's just say a day, although it could be a week, a year, a second or a nanosecond. But at some time in the future, I will be faced with a choice. And it's a very simple Tinder-like choice, swiping left, swiping right. Yes, no, like it, don't like it. So it's not a complicated choice where I've got to choose between a thousand opportunities. It's a simple yes, no. Do you want tea or coffee or do you want anything or nothing? And let's suppose, as I say, that we live in a deterministic world. What is going to make me decide, and I do mean make me decide at that future date, is my state of mind then. And not just my state of mind, but how I feel then. Because how I feel, whether or not we think we live in a deterministic world, is something that does play a part in what I think I'm deciding, even if I'm not deciding it. That's another sort of loop that we have to untangle some time, but not now. So, tomorrow at three o'clock in the afternoon, someone will say, tea or coffee? 
and I have to choose one or the other. I cannot possibly know now what state of mind I will be in then. I can guess, I can conjecture, I can suppose, but I can't possibly know. Why can't I? Well, for a lot of reasons, but the two really good ones are because a whole load of stuff's going to happen between now and then that may make tea or coffee seem one of them, one or other of them preferable. But the other thing is that if I could really know how I will feel then, then I could make the decision now. And I obviously can't do that because it's a little bit like the old joke about why you can't invent the wheel or predict the invention of the wheel. Uh, because if you could predict the invention of the wheel, you would have invented the wheel. And if I could anticipate accurately how I will feel at three o'clock tomorrow afternoon when posed that question, I could give the answer now. And it would be legitimate and valid then. And it's self-evident that I can't do that. Of course, I can commit to things now. For example, we all do things and like, I'm going to book a holiday. And you book a holiday for the 23rd of September where you've got to be at Heathrow Airport and get on a six o'clock flight to Madrid. And that's making a decision now that in a sense removes the possibility of a decision later on. Yes, of course, you can decide not to go. You can tear the tickets up, waste the money or whatever. But that's a different kind of thing. That's making a decision on the basis of how I feel now that will govern how I behave in the future. It's not the same thing as knowing now how I will feel in the future sufficiently accurately to be able to say how I will decide. And in this frame of uh, reference, it doesn't matter whether the decision is, as you might say, real or apparent. Neither way can I make that decision now. Neither way can I know now what that decision is. So even if we live in a deterministic world, it certainly is not a world that is predictable. And you begin then to say, well, hold on a minute. If we live in a deterministic world that isn't predictable, even in principle, then what Laplace thought he could do, you remember I said, if I knew everything about every particle in the universe, where it is and where it's headed right now, and I was clever enough, I could project that infinitely far into the future or retroject it into in, infinitely far in the past. That may well be a hypothetical possibility, but it doesn't tell me anything that I need to know. Because even if I could, as you might say, project the state of my neurophysiology and neurochemistry to three o'clock tomorrow afternoon, so that I could, so to speak, look at it as a scientist and see what state it would be in, it wouldn't tell me how I felt about it. How, in other words, being that physiology, and rather than looking at it, being that physiology, experiencing that physiology as an intricate and inalienable part of me 
I can only feel what that's like when it happens at three o'clock tomorrow afternoon. What I might think it feels like now and how it might feel like now if I could replicate it is still not what it will feel like at three o'clock tomorrow afternoon because all kinds of other stuff will have come in. You know, and if the decision between tea or coffee actually means if you choose tea, you get burnt at the stake and if you choose coffee, you go to heaven, that's going to colour things. But I haven't actually been presented with that alternative right now, so I can't possibly evaluate it. And I can't possibly know everything that's going to impact me between now and three o'clock tomorrow afternoon, even if I try. Because although I may, as you might say, see things coming, I won't know what they feel like, and in other words, how they impact me genuinely until they've done so. So we end up with a, a peculiar circumstance, which is, is the distinction between determinism and freedom really well drawn? Is it the right choice? Because even in a deterministic world, I can't predict the future. Yet, in a free world, I wouldn't want my life to be entirely random. I wouldn't want to be making decisions, as you might say, that were utterly disconnected from who I am. And somewhere in that spectrum from being utterly controlled and utterly random, there is a sense in which we can lay hold on, this is who I am, this is where I've come from, these are the influences that there have been upon me and these are therefore the choices that I can now make. And I'm not sure within that framework that the choice between being a determinist and a libertarian or an indeterminist, if you like, any longer really makes sense. Ah, I hear you say, I can hear your peroration coming. Absolutely you can. One of the reasons why we need to unmake sense is because a lot of the sense that has been made of the world for us in the tradition of philosophy and history and religion and science poses us alternatives that we would be better to say, no, thank you. Let's do better. Let's think this through again and unmake sense.